Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. Hey, we're doing some, go ahead. If we're going to have three of us clap, we all have to clap. It's good. God is good. This morning, we're doing some baptisms. I'm excited. So towards the end of my message, I'm going to excuse those who'd like to be baptized to go to the foyer and meet Pastor Casey, and he's going to talk with you and explain what we're going to be doing. But we always love to do this as part of our altar time during worship, so we can all enjoy that uh, with the people that are being baptized this morning. But I have a message I want to share with you. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> you might think this is funny. I think it's funny. You might not. But um, sometimes... When you come to a church, there's a baptismal in the back, and we're blessed with a baptismal like that. And sometimes um, you baptize people for two years. Praise God, we've baptized a lot of people. Can I, is that good? Um, in ice-cold water, nonetheless. But then sometimes, two years later, you realize that there's a heater on the baptismal that you haven't been using. So this morning, we're going to take a nice, warm dunk in the baptismal. How's that? So for those of you who are already baptized, it, it, it's more spiritual to do it in the cold water like the Jordan, so it's fine. But I want to preach you a message for a few minutes here. Um, going along with our series for 2018, we started, uh, and it's called Pursuit. We're pursuing the things of God. We believe that pursuit is a foundational thing. It has to come first, what, and we have to take a look at what we're actually pursuing in the pursuits of our lives. And today, my message is titled, Uprooting Distraction, if you're taking notes. Uh, if, you're, if you're new, there, there's a, a sheet of paper in the seat in front of you uh, specifically for notes if you'd like to do that. Um, we believe that um, note takers are world changers and that you're 95% more likely to get into heaven if you take notes this morning. That's what, I'm just kidding. But if you'd like to, it's there for you. But I want to talk to you this morning about focus and distraction. Jesus was so focused he was always focused. Nothing could distract this guy. I mean, he, would, he told his disciples, I'm going to go and I'm going to be crucified and hung on a cross. And Peter, you know, always had a big mouth and he spoke up and said, no, Lord, we won't let it happen. It's not going to be so. And he said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, you've had some bad days, but Jesus has never called you Satan. So I think we're okay here. But, but he was not get distracted by anything. He told Peter, you're thinking about things as man thinks about them. And that's not how Jesus thought about him. He thought about things differently. He easily could have saved himself from the cross, but he didn't because he was focused on what he was pursuing and what he came to do. Uh, he, could, he couldn't do God's will and his own will at the same time. So he said, not my will, but your will be done. And he was focused. Uh, he could have easily defended himself to Pilate before he was crucified. And Pilate um, was the one who actually had the authority to have him crucified. He could have defended himself, but the Bible says he was silent as a sheep being led to the shearers. He was focused on what he had to do. He knew what he had to do, but we get so distracted. I, I found it interesting that the Europeans in the Middle Ages, they had this form of torture where they would actually, you probably see, if you've seen Braveheart, anybody seen Braveheart? It's a great movie. Freedom! But they they do this thing in the Middle Ages where the Europeans would f tie four horses, one to each of your limbs. Have you seen this? And, and they would actually um, hit the horses with something, and the horses would all take off in different directions and tear your limbs from your body. It's a terrible, terrible thing to talk about in church, isn't it? Why did I do that? Um, I have a picture. No, I'm just kidding. But the, you know what they called this? They actually called this form of torture, they called it distraction which is interesting. Because do you ever feel pulled apart in different ways? 
Like I'm pursuing God, but there's some distractions in my life. I feel like I'm being pulled in a lot of different ways. I'm being pulled to away from what God has for me. I'm being pulled and in, in trying to do all these different things because I think in this world, our, our focus is murdered by multitasking. Can I get an amen for that? How many of you would say this morning that you are probably, you consider yourself talented at driving with your knees? Anybody? See, that's terrifying, isn't it? I'm preaching to myself. I'm pretty good at it too. But I'm just saying, how are we alive? Like, why are we driving a machine with our knees? Because I have, I don't have enough hands. I have to do other things while I'm driving. I have to eat a hamburger and send a text message. Don't do that. But I'm saying, we have these distractions. Some of us can't even have a conversation with someone without pulling out our phone. Have you ever been talking to someone and all of a sudden they pull out their phone and they're like scanning Facebook and you're like, why am I even talking to you? You're, we get so distracted that while you're driving, and a lot of you do this, I know it, you pull up to a red light and pull out your phone because the red light is just too long. I can't wait for the whole red light and do nothing. Does anybody do that? You pull out your phone check your text messages, you get on social media at a red light because it's like a minute. You can't wait a minute without doing anything. We get so distracted. We get, we're so bad at multitasking, yet we live in a generation where we do it all the time. I want to ask you, how many things have come into your life that you missed because you were distracted? Maybe you didn't even realize it. Maybe there's some opportunities, some things that you miss, the moments with your children, moments with your family that you miss because you were just too distracted. And I'm preaching to myself this morning as well. I think a lot of times we come to church and we say, God, I came here to get blessings, but maybe God wants to fix our focus on the blessings that we already have that we're distracted from. I'm so distracted by what I want that I don't even realize what I have. And so I think this morning I want, I want to focus on this thought. I want to read from John chapter 10, verse 10. I just want to read the first part uh, right away here. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, to destroy your life, um, the enemy doesn't always have to do it in a way you can see. He can do it by distraction. He doesn't always have to do something outwardly that looks terrible in your life. He can do it by distracting you. Tell somebody next to you the distractions are killing you. Distractions are killing you. It's killing your peace. It's killing your opportunities. It's killing my sermon. Right? Just kidding. I asked Jess to do that. But can I tell you, it's hard to preach over that. Have you ever had that happen in church? I mean, I'm sure you have. if you've been in church very long, someone has a phone that just starts ringing. But it's hard to preach over that. And you know what? That's what it's like parenting in this world. It's hard to do it. There's distractions. That's what it's like trying to live for Jesus in this world. That's what it's like trying to, to work on a marriage in this world. There's distractions everywhere, and you're trying to work over them. But we live in a world of distraction. And it's one thing to be distracted by bad things, but it's another thing because sometimes I'm distracted by good things. Like, I want to spend time with my kids, I want to spend time with my wife, but I also have to get things done for work, and I also have to return some phone calls, and these are not bad things, but I can get so distracted that I miss the main pursuits of my life, because they're spent on these other good things, and I want to do these things, but sometimes I wish things in life had a do not disturb button, like my iPhone. Do you ever wish that? Like on your kid's forehead? You just want to slide it over, like, do not disturb. I need 90 minutes, and then we'll hang out. No, I do not want to watch Frozen again. I don't know. <laughs> I need therapy. I have two little girls. No, I don't want to build a snowman. I just need 90 minutes to focus. 
and then we'll hang out. We'll watch Frozen eight times. But we're destroyed by distraction, and Jesus has something to say about distraction. I want to read to you a story in Matthew. I want to read Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 first. It says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. I don't know about you, but already I'm distracted by the first thing it says, that same day. Like if I read that, I want to know what happened that day. And I think it's important in this story that we look back to to chapter 12, starting in verse 46, before we go on to 13. It says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who's my mother? Who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus wouldn't even get distracted by those closest to him. And teenagers, I'm going to warn you right now, don't try this at home. Okay, when your mom calls you and someone says, go to your mom, she wants to see you. Don't say, I must do the will. No, go to your mom. Don't do it. Who is my mother? Uh, She's the one who changed your diapers in the middle of the night and pays your light bill. Go to your mom, okay? But Jesus, he's teaching us something about a distracted heart, but first, before any of that, he deals with his own distractions. He deals, he's teaching, and and these were good distractions. His family came along, but we're going to pick up after Jesus dealt with these distractions. He tells this story to us, and I think we can learn something about distractions in it. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 2 now. It says, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. He told them many things in parables, saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. Jesus always talked in parables. These are short stories that had like a spiritual point. And if you were listening with spiritual ears, you could understand it. Otherwise, it just sounds like a weird story about a farmer we're about to read, okay? So Matthew chapter 13, we're going to pick up again in verse 4. It says, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And then we're going to fast forward because some of us just heard a a story about farming and we don't know anything about farming. And Jesus is kind enough to tell his disciples actually what that parable meant in this case. He goes on in verse 18, we're going to pick up and he says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky places refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling on the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what is sown. And how many of you know right now when you read that, you thought to yourself, that's me. I'm that fourth type of seed and that soil that's sown. I I receive, we all want to think that. And we hear this, we hear this parable and we think a lot of times this is taught that this is four different types of people. But you know what I've realized is I think these soils are actually four different, um, conditions of my heart at different times. In fact, I think I can be all four of these conditions in the same day sometimes. 
But I think it's important that we look at these because I think these are four states of a distracted heart. That's what I want to talk to you about. Four states of a distracted heart. The first one is along the path, the seed gets snatched. It gets snatched. That's the first one we're going to talk about this morning. Before you're home from church, a lot of times the seed gets snatched. A lot of times we, we hear something in, in, in the church and, it, and, it, and there's life in it and it feels great and we, we leave thinking good things, but there's a distraction that can take place and before it even takes root in our heart, it can get snatched away. Has distraction ever taken anything from your life? Has anything been snatched before it took root in your heart before? I know the older I get, the more I realize that I, I'm not capable of really remembering anything without writing it down. Uh, the, more, the more I realize that I write things down so that I don't forget them. If God gives me a word or something, I'll write it down. And we all do this. I found even kids do this. I know Andrew's um, kid the other day, I was hearing a story that I think Caitlin was telling it about uh, Naomi. She's three. And uh, she, she said, I have an idea. And then she thought to herself and said, where did I put that idea? She said, oh, there it is. And she, and she told her because she couldn't find it. So it's not just old people like me, okay? It's everyone. But the enemy desires to snatch things from us before they take root. Before we get home, snatch. This, moment, this week you had a moment where you could have grown, where you could have helped somebody. But before you did, it was snatched from you. Because we, we live in this distracted world. Maybe you've read the word and you heard a good word and, and you heard some, some good scriptures that can change your life. But before it did, it was snatched. There's moments that the enemy wants to snatch from us, these seeds, before they take root. Things get snatched and you never even knew what it could have done because you only saw it in seed form. And But it gets snatched. Jesus puts it interesting. He says, these are, there are these birds of the air. Hey, Mitch, we throw that picture up there? There's these birds of the air that want to snatch things from us. You see, I... I really have this good I want to do, and I, and I have these great things, and, but next thing you know, dinner time with my family got snatched by people on social media that I don't even know. See, I could have spent time talking to my family and getting to know them and love them, but I had to find out what someone I went to high school with ate for lunch, so it got snatched. But we're all living in that world, and that's what social media can do to us sometimes. Think about all the birds that fly around in your mind stealing away from the pursuits that God has in your heart. God wants me to pursue him this year. God wants me to pursue a greater marriage, a greater family, a greater relationship with my kids. There's things that I'm going after, but there's these birds of the air that want to come and snatch those moments out of my life because we get so distracted. Some of you won't even make it out of the parking lot before it gets snatched. You hear a good word, you're like, wow, that was good. But before anything happens, you get cut off in traffic and all of a sudden, snatch. It's back. Maybe this morning when you leave, before it gets snatched, you, need to, you could have a conversation on the way home saying, what did you get out of that message? Instead of just, what do you want to have for lunch before it gets snatched? But I, need, I know sometimes we, we think, oh, we blame the word, or we blame the pastor, or we blame the worship team for not singing the right songs, and, or we blame um, anything else but besides saying that maybe it's not the seed that's the problem, maybe it's the soil. Maybe it's something in my own heart that's not good. The word was good, I just let it get snatched. 
I don't think the enemy would know what to do if we left here and actually said, what did that say to you? What's God saying to you? What's he doing in your heart? What do we need to pursue in our family more before it got snatched? Because we've never tried that before. You ever notice that when someone encourages you and says something nice about you, that there's a bird there immediately to snatch it before it takes root? We forget everything nice people say about us, but I still remember mean things someone said in third grade. Anybody else remember that? I can't believe she said that. That's so rude. I never forgot that. But I don't remember something yesterday someone said to encourage me because it got snatched. But we have these distractions, these things that want to snatch from us. Someone maybe in your life was brave enough to be honest with you and tell you the truth about you, but you didn't receive it and immediately it got snatched and you could have had change in your life because someone was being real and telling you out of love what's something that they see in your life and in your heart, but you said no way and it got snatched. We have these distractions. Maybe for you, it's you set, a, you set a time aside to spend with Jesus, but these distractions keep coming. You forgot to turn your phone on, do not disturb, and it rings. Or, or maybe your kids come into the room and you had this time to set aside. You can't even go to the bathroom without your kids running in the room. But you have these things and these these birds that come and they snatch it. All of a sudden you want to study the word and all of a sudden you get this list rolling in your head of everything you need to get done and you don't really have time to sit here for 15 minutes and do your devotional and spend time with Jesus. You ever have that happen? You got these birds that want to snatch it away from you. Technology, it's really ridiculous, has made us more efficiently distracted than ever before. Congratulations to us, right? It's amazing. Wow. It's so cool. We have the highest quality distractions ever. In fact, I can, I can go on Netflix for hours and not even find a movie. Just look for a movie for two hours. You ever done that? Just distracted. What'd you watch today? Nothing. I just scanned through Netflix. What? You were here for two hours. I know. Or maybe I'm trying to do something productive and I'm going after a pursuit, but next thing you know, I have these distractions, these questions that come in my mind like, I wonder if Home Alone 2 made more money than Home Alone 1. I need to look that up. Next thing you know, I'm on my phone, distracted, and I realize, oh, Joe Pesci is in that movie, and now I need to study Joe Pesci, and all of a sudden I know everything about Joe Pesci, but I got something snatched from me in the meantime. But we have these distractions and technology has made it so easily to be easy to be distracted. But this burdens me because you need to realize this morning, nothing is wrong with the seed. It's the birds that keep, keep you from bearing fruit. They're warring against your pursuit of God. This year, I'm committing. I'm not going to let things distract me. I'm not going to let these birds of the air snatch anything from my pursuits of what God has for me. I'm going after Jesus and I'm not allowing anything, even good things to distract me from going after Jesus and going after my family. Is anybody coming with me in the words of Jerry Maguire? You complete me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But the second type of seed I want to talk about this morning is scorched seed. The Bible says this seed looks good, but it fell on these, these rocky places with not much soil. And then the scorching heat comes along, the sun comes along. And because they didn't have any roots, they weren't buried deep enough, they withered. Yeah, we'll get into that. God put this on my heart, this uh, way to put it. We're busy, but we're barren. We're busy but we're barren. You know what? You, yesterday, you did everything you could. You returned every text message and email, but you said nothing. You did everything, but it's empty. 
You know what? I'm busy on my phone. I'm doing all these things, but sometimes I look back and the things that I've been pursuing are worthless. Like I said, I found out what my high school friend ate for lunch, but I didn't spend any time asking my kids how their day went. But I'm, I'm busy, but you're barren. The pursuits you're going after are fruitless. Lately, I've been realizing so much of the stuff I focus on is planted in shallow soil. And there's no root to it. There's nothing to it. It has the appearance of life, but it has no root. It's not grounded. <laughs> it has no root. As you know, we, we promised that the church would be grounded by today so we wouldn't all die coming to church, and it is, praise God. We found out, if some of you weren't here last week, we found out that our church was not grounded and had been causing different issues with our sound system and stuff. So we had to actually have Ryan Finley, who's here, he helped us, he's an electrician, he helped us ground the building. And so now it's not only up to code, now if the lightning strikes the building, we won't lose every piece of equipment in here. Hopefully, praise God. But we grounded the building, and, and to ground the building, you have to actually have to take these two rods, and you have to drive them eight feet into the ground. You have to have roots. You have to get deep, and you have to have these things. To, and sometimes our lives aren't grounded. And you can't handle the scorching heat because you have no root in your relationship with God. These things come along and, and we get so easily distracted. And I need you to know this morning, roots are guiding principles and values in your life. You, you get the seed to change, but you haven't committed to change the habits you need to. You know what no roots looks like? It looks like, oh, I stubbed my toe and I missed seven weeks at the gym and I never went back. No roots, Right? No roots looks like I change careers every six months because I just go where I just feel like in that moment. No roots. No roots looks like my, my kids were sick one week so we missed church and then it became six weeks since we went to church because there's no roots and no values set up that this is what we do. I know you're all here this morning so don't tell the people that aren't here that I said that. But it looks like that. It's no commitment. You know what it's like? It's like a tumbleweed. That wherever the wind blows, this thing has no roots. It just goes with the wind. And it's like your emotions. Wherever the wind blows, whatever I feel like that day, that's what I do. I don't really feel like spending time with God today. I'm just blowing this way. I don't really feel like spending time with my kids. I just want to relax and be alone. I want to have some alone time. Okay, that's fine. But sometimes if that's all we do, then guess what? You're missing something. You're missing the very pursuits of your life that God desires for you to have. Roots are guiding principles that say, I will not do as I feel, but as God calls me. Some of your seeds get scorched because you don't plant deep enough. We do this weird thing in our family where, and I know it's weird, but that's what we do. We, we have a family motto that we teach our kids. And if we pulled our kids in here and I said, who are we? They would respond with, we're the Christiansons. And I say, and what does that mean? And they say, we're kind and we help people. Which I know it's silly, but you know what I'm doing? I'm giving my kids roots. I'm telling them this is what we value in our life. These are things that are important. This is how you act because you're part of this unit. And when you're part of the Christian Christianity and you're part of Jesus and his church, there's a certain way that we act and we have roots and say, I go to church. We, we set these things in our family. We go to church. We're a family that does this. We value spending time with one another. We value spending time with God. We value prayer. We value these things so that somewhere down the line, um, John 
down. He's on his third divorce and addicted to something. And we say, how does this happen? It happens because you never put any roots and values in his life when you were his parent. We got to have roots. We got to have values in our families. You got to have values in your own life so that when the seed doesn't go along, your, your life isn't scorched. Your kids aren't scorched when they realize because they got roots and they know this is what's important. This is what we value. We read the Bible together in this family. We help people in this family. We care about people in this family. That's who we are. This is the direction of my life. We're going after Jesus in this church. We're pursuing God. That's the roots of this church. We're grounded in that, that our final, our first pursuit is always going to be Jesus in his presence. And we believe that he can change this city. This is the direction of my life. There's no distractions. Anything that wants to take away from this, you're not going to snatch it because I got roots in that. It doesn't matter how busy I am. I'm making time every day to go after Jesus. No bird is going to come and snatch that from me. That's what's important. The third type of seed this morning is seed that gets choked. Seed that gets choked. The Bible says that the worries of life and the deceitfulness of riches make this seed unfruitful. The worries of life. Is there anybody else here who has issues with worry? I think we all do sometimes. But some of us more prevalently, we, we make these things up in our mind. We're so distracted by the things happening in our lives that nothing actually has to happen to us. If the enemy can get, fo- get us focused on what could happen, we're so distracted. How many of you can attest that like me, 95% of the time, what I had worried about and been distracted and wasted my energy on never happened? What in the world? But I was so distracted. My life was choked by these worries that never even took place. These things I wondered if they were going to happen, and I spent my life worrying about. I had a distracted mind, but you know what? I believe that if this morning, if we can change our mind, we can change our life. If I can get control of those things and say, you know what? My seed is not going to get choked. Even if my circumstances don't change, my mind is going to change towards my circumstances, and my first pursuit is Jesus. I don't need peace around me. I have peace in me because I'm going after Jesus. It's not going to get choked. And then it says, and the deceitfulness of wealth. Yeah, that's, that's for Bill Gates, right? Because money's the root of all evil. Actually, the love of money is the root of all evil. Which means, you know what? I've met poor people that were more consumed and just crazy about money than rich people I've met. It means it doesn't really have to do with how much money I have. It has to do with how much I love money and how much I'm consumed with it. It's the deceitfulness of wealth. There's always a desire in us for more. Does anybody realize that? There's no satisfying it. If I could just get a better job, then you get a better job, and then it's not enough. There's something more you want. You get the car you always wanted. Oh, but now I need the rims I always wanted. But now I need this. There's always more, and there's always more hours we can work. There's always more speaking speaking engagements I can go to. There's always more things, more meetings I can go to. But you know what? If I get so caught up doing more and more, my family can be at home starving for my attention, and I'm just out looking for more. It's the deceitfulness of wealth. If you don't work those extra hours at work, I tell you what, somebody else will work those. But if you don't show up on the sideline of your child's soccer game, no other dad is going to do that. What are we going after? Are we choked by the deceitfulness of wealth? Is that more important to us than actually the pursuits that God has told us to focus on in our life? Don't miss it. Don't get distracted. Don't waste time. Don't get it twisted because you need to know this morning, pursuing your family is pursuing God. 
When I spend time with my wife and my kids, guess what? I'm being obedient to God and saying, God, I will not have my kids grow up without knowing me and having intimacy and knowing who they are in Christ because I spend time with them and I love them and they know that love that you've given me. I'm pursuing God. Don't get it twisted. I'm focused on something. I got my eye on something. I'm not going to choke. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and give him a Heimlich? No, I'm just kidding. But I'm not choking this morning. I'm not choking in 2018. I'm focused. I'm pursuing God, and I'm pursuing what he has for me. The fourth type of seed, I need to actually look at the next parable Jesus tells right after the one we read. He talks about another type of seed. In verse 24, he says, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Can I ask you this morning to stop worrying about the seed and start focusing on the soil? The word of God is life-changing. That means if your life isn't changing, the problem is not the seed. The problem is the soil. If you'd focus on your heart and say, why am I not seeing the change that this word is capable of accomplishing? And then maybe our focus would be off outward things and say, God, it's only coming after you that I'm going to find the life change that I need. It's only when you change my heart that this seed is going to take root. That's why sometimes we leave church the same way we came in is because we were so focused on the seed, we didn't even stop to say, how's my soil this morning? Am I even receiving this or am I so distracted? Verse 25 goes on, it says, but while everyone was sleeping, the enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The fourth type of seed I want to talk to you about is, this is the last one this morning, the seed that gets sabotaged. The seed that gets sabotaged. Do you know that you all have a destiny? You were created on purpose, with purpose, that God has a purpose for your life, that he wants to use you to accomplish something. There's world-changing ability in you. But some of you are here this morning that feel like life has beat it out of you. You had a plan for how it was going to go, and it was going to be perfect, but that wasn't God's plan. And next thing you know, things fell apart, but actually God was doing something in you that he's working all things together for your good, but you gave up and said, life just beat it out of me, and I can't do what God created me to do anymore. But Scripture says you are born again by incorruptible seed, by the Word of God. The seed of God is in you. Are we going to allow it to take root? You have an enemy that loves to catch you while you're sleeping. He loves to come in and he plants weeds among your wheat. Meaning I'm growing in my relationship with God, but we have an enemy who wants to come in while I'm sleeping and plant weeds around it. The enemy can't come and steal your destiny, but he can plant something next to it to keep you from recognizing it. Maybe for you this looks like lust. Maybe for you this looks like greed or or self-esteem issues that distract you from being who God created you to be. Maybe for some of you this looks like offense. That God created you to do something great and to, and to be great, but there's this offense that has this root of bitterness that's been growing up in your heart, and you can't forgive, and you can't let go of it, and now your eyes are completely distracted from the destiny that God has for you, and they're consumed by this weed that's taken root in your heart. He plants these weeds next to God. It's destiny in our heart. I'm confused. I, I see the weed, and I see the weed, and the, master, or the, the enemy is the master of distraction. If he can get me to focus on the weed, then I lose sight of what God has for me. You see, the enemy might not be able to convince you to leave your spouse, but if he can get you thinking about what it would be like if you did, he's planted a weed. He can't get me to outright sin, but if he can get me to fantasize about something and think, oh, how nice would it be 
Remember what it was like in Egypt? Mmm, the onions. Ew, what? Why are you remembering that? But the, the leeks, mmm, it was so good. And if he could get you to focus on where you used to be or where these weeds are leading you, then all of a sudden the destiny that God has for you in the promised land is no longer in your sight, but you're looking back and you're looking around and I'm so distracted. God has a destiny a calling for me to enter into some promise and something he has for me, but I'm so distracted by the weeds he's raised up, the enemy's raised up in my heart. You see what he does? He plants these weeds, and then the Bible says, and then he went away. The enemy planted these weeds, but now what happens? Now I'm watering it. He planted a weed in my heart, and now every day I'm thinking about it, and it's consuming me. Do you know every time you think, take a thought down off the shelf of your mind, you put it back stronger or weaker? What are you watering? What are you spending your time focusing on in your mind? Because it's either getting stronger or weaker, depending on how much you focus on it. What are you watering? Are you watering the destiny God has for you, or are you watering the weeds that have been growing up around it and trying to steal away everything God has for you? Because the enemy cannot steal your destiny, but if he can get some weeds to grow up, he can distract you. What weeds do is they steal nutrients from the good soil. If you ever have fruit or something, not fruit, but vegetables growing in a garden, all of a sudden, weeds come up. All of a sudden, those vegetables aren't as fruitful as they could have been because the weeds are stealing all the water and the nutrients from the soil. Some of you have been called to great things, but the weeds that have, been, that have grown up around the weed all of a sudden are stealing its nutrients, and you're focusing on it. I was pursuing God, but now the weeds are stealing my focus. I was working on my marriage, but now the weeds are getting all my water. You know what, I, I was feeling good about myself, but nobody gave me the compliment I needed in that moment, and now the weeds are getting my attention. The self-esteem issues are rising up, and now I'm not even focused in pursuing God anymore. Over time, these weeds will outgrow your seed if you let them. I see too many Christians turned away from everything God has for them because they allowed a small weed in their mind and they kept watering it and watering it and watering it and all of a sudden they buy into the lie that I'm not called and I'm not destined for that thing and they walk away from everything God has for them and don't receive every promise in his word because of the weeds that have outgrown the wheat. Is there any of you here this morning that are consumed by weeds the enemy came in while you were sleeping. You didn't even realize it was planted. And all of a sudden, right now, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and saying, that thing that you've been consumed about is not what I want for your life. It's the weeds that are around him. That thing that you've been pursuing is not my pursuit for your life. It's time to wake up. The enemy wants to catch you while you're spiritually sleeping. Because he can't steal your destiny, but he can ruin and destroy your family. He can ruin and destroy your life. He might not steal your destiny, but if he destroys your family, you'll turn away from your destiny on your own. Because of the weeds. Can I get the worship team to come back up and help me? I want to ask you at this time, if, as I'm going to close here in a minute, if you're getting baptized, will you head to the foyer and meet Pastor Casey out there? He's going to explain to you what we're going to do and everything. Don't get distracted by all these people moving around. Don't get distracted. You know what I love about God? Is he has a way of uprooting all of those weeds that have been planted around the desires that he has for our life if we call on him. 
Every weed that now that I believe the Holy Spirit has revealed to you some weeds of worry, some weeds of distraction, some weeds of, of believing some lies that have been revealed to you in your own heart that I believe God this morning is saying, I want to uproot those things. The, the first step is, is being awake and saying, you know what? You're not going to take anything from me, devil. I know you planted these weeds and things aren't going the way I hoped or way I, the way I planned, but this morning I believe there's some people in this place that are, that are going to say, you know what, I'm awake now, devil, and everything that you thought you were going to get from me, you don't have any authority over that. God is getting ready to uproot some stuff in my life, and I want my joy back. I want my family back. I want everything that you've taken from me back in Jesus' name. There's some weeds getting uprooted this morning that aren't going to take hold. There's a root of bitterness in my heart that this morning, I will no longer let that distract me from everything God has for me. There's some birds of the air that have been snatching things from my life, but this morning, I'm saying no longer will I miss a moment of everything God has for me. You're not going to distract me. I'm making it a point. I'm going after God in 2018. I'm going after Jesus. I'm going after my family and everything God has for me, my destiny. I'm walking in it. I'm not letting it get choked out. I'm not looking back any longer thinking how good it would have been or how good it could be God tells me how good it's going to be. And I believe every promise in his word. I'm taking it back this morning. Are there some people who agree with me this morning? Will you give God a hand clap of praise if you believe with me? As I close, I want to read John 10.10 one more time. And this time we're going to read the end part. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Can we just acknowledge this morning that we've been distracted? The enemy has been destroying our attention on the pursuits that God has for our life. But you know what? I believe there's some people in here this morning that are going to say, you know what? I'm not going to be distracted anymore. Father, in Jesus' name, we acknowledge that we've been distracted. I acknowledge that there was a time in my life where I was going after you and I, and I, and I was on fire for you, but there's been some distractions that came along and things that didn't go my way, Lord. There's been some birds of the air that came and snatched it up. There's been some heat that scorched it because I didn't have roots deep enough. But this morning, God, I'm setting down my feet and my roots and saying, this is what I'm going for in 2018. This is what God is calling me to. This is what my family is going to look like. It's going to look vastly different in 2019 than it does right now because I'm putting down my roots. My seed is not going to get choked by any worries that aren't going to happen, by any deceitfulness of riches. I'm not getting distracted. I'm going after everything you have for me in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for everyone here, Lord, who's been distracted, God, for maybe years. Maybe it's just been a week. Maybe it's been months, God. You know, but I believe, God, that, that every weed that has grown up, Lord, to distract us, Father, right now, we pull it up by the root in Jesus' name, and we say, God, our destiny is going to be so much greater than our history, and I'm not focusing on any weeds, God. I'm not going to water them anymore, what you have for me and your pursuits, God. My pursuit of you, that's what's going to get all of my attention and all the nutrients in my soil, God. Right now, I pray over every soil in this place, God, your word is here to change lives. We're not going to get distracted as we leave this place. We're not going to let any bird of the air come and snatch it away. Father, we pray over our soil, God, that the seed would plant deep, God, 
that our life would be changed in Jesus' name. We, we're putting our foot on every promise in your word. You told Abraham, everywhere you lay your foot, that land will be yours. And we're putting our foot on some promises this morning that the enemy snatched from us that we haven't seen and we haven't received. God, right now we lay claim in Jesus' name to every promise in your word. I pray deliverance over somebody in this place who's addicted this morning, God. Father, I believe, Lord Jesus, that there's been a distraction in their life and they're called to ministry, but they've felt so unworthy because they be, keep getting distracted by the same sin they keep going back to over and over and over. Right now, we break it in the name of Jesus. We break a sin cycle off of their life, God, and we say they're called and they're destined for greatness and those weeds are coming up right now in Jesus' name. Will you stand up to your feet with me? We're going to worship for a minute, and I believe there's some of you that this morning, you need to do some uprooting of some things. There's some lies that you've been believing, some things in your mind and in your heart that have been distracting you from God's plan for your life. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's in your own heart, things you've been dealing with. I want to invite you up. Our prayer teams are going to be up here to pray for you for a couple minutes while I go prepare to baptize those that are getting baptized. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we just believe that, that weeds are coming up, that we're uprooting the things that the enemy has put in our heart. That root of bitterness has to come out right now in Jesus' name. Come on, will you worship with me for a couple minutes?